Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, we started teaching on the fourth chapter of Acts, fifth chapter of Acts, uh, Thursday night. I taught one Bible study off of it, and I'm going to teach another and off of it this morning. So, let us start in at the 11th verse. And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. And by the hands of the apostles, everybody say by the hands of the apostles, were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. If you remember last Sunday, I preached, the only thing you could violate was the temple. But it's amazing as I study this how Peter has the boldness to keep going back to that temple to get in trouble. I've never noticed that in all the years I studied the book of Acts. In other words, some folks say, well, we ought not to do anything to cause trouble. Well, let me ask you something. Why did Peter keep going back to that temple then? He knew it was the only place that was going to stir up a war. It was the only thing Caiaphas had any control over. My wife did inform me that I said Caiaphas' name wrong all last week, so I'll try to say it right this week. Praise God. <clears throat> all right, so... He said, and the believers, the 14th verse, were the more added to the Lord multitude, both the men and women. Just a little dab of people got saved. How much? Great multitudes. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about under Jerusalem bringing six sick folks and them which were vexed with devils, unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. You think we don't have unclean spirits taking over this country? Last night I turned on TalkNet, not because I especially wanted to listen to TalkNet, but I was especially trying to get the 11 o'clock news. And Dr. Van Uer or something others on, and he is must be a psychiatrist. And I didn't know it till I listened to him for 35, 40 minutes last night that everybody in the United States is crazy and needs to see a psychiatrist. And there is some medicine that will quell some demon in you if you'll run to one. But I have found a power that is higher than I. 
There was a boy last night that called in and told him how that he had gotten involved with this church and the Lord has healed him. And he stopped his medicine to see if the Lord has healed him. And he said he's not had any more of those problems since he's been prayed for. And that psychiatrist highly admonished him to get back on that medicine and to go see his psychiatrist. We cannot afford for God to heal you folks because if he heals too many of you, we'll be out of business and we won't be around when you need us. And you need something to sedate these devils if you're not going to pray through. Hello. Hello. I don't know if you taped that or not, but I hope you did. Hallelujah. I'd like for it to wind up in their office. Praise God. Amen. Say, well, you're not ever going to win anybody offending some. And I'll tell you one thing. The night I come to the altar and got prayed through, the preacher highly offended me. Amen. I came to the altar more mad than I did glad. But I prayed through anyhow. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, 17th verse, watch this. Now, this gets to be hilarious. It, it's not when you have to pastor saints, but if you was just the preacher having fun, it'd be a blast. The reason why I made that last statement is some folks who are supposed to be saved only see the problems. They don't see what's going on. The 17th verse said, then the high priest rose up. Did you hear what he said? He said he got mad. You get a bear mad, it'll rise up. That's what this word rose up means. He got mad. He got angry. And all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and we preached on that last Sunday morning, were filled with happiness. When you get full of indignation, <clears throat> and let me tell you something, when lawyers get mad, they don't fist fight. And when city councilmen get mad, they don't fist fight. You know what they do? They go down there and pass some more laws. And if you disobey their little law, they throw you in their little jail. Come on. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. I got tickled about this when I read it this morning. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple. Evidently, somebody said, Well, I don't believe God wants us to go down there and stir up strife and trouble. I don't believe in the ordinary we ought to be stirring up strife and trouble. In other words, I don't think you ought to go out and kick a man in the shins to preach to him. But I don't see anything wrong with some of us that are really saved and not going to get messed up and just going to some of these churches and, and just let them ask me 
And I'll tell you, the day they lay me on a psychiatrist's couch, I'm going to have more fun than he is. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. The angel of the Lord sent them back to where the confusion was going on. The temple. So this was heaven ordained that they go right back there where all the trouble's getting gendered up. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's the only place where they can get in trouble. And uh, some folks say, well, uh, you, know, uh, you know, sometimes we ought to confront the situation and watch the power of our God and the reason why God is doing that it is a gathering place where God is going to reach many people. Hallelujah. Whether it's the post office or the temple. Hallelujah. Now, he sends them back to the temple and they, and they throw them in prison. And the angel sends them back to the temple. And when... They heard that they entered into the temple early in the mornings and taught. But the high priest, you know, they, they get up late in the morning. Working people get up 6.30, 7 o'clock, go to work. But the big rulers get up, you know, 8.30. And they're on the job after they've had coffee at 9.30, 10, you know. But the high priest, they was coming in kind of late that morning. And they were with him and called the council together and all the senate. Oh, we got all 71 of them back together again. The Senate of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. Now we're going to bring these boys out here today and we're going to show them we're going to put them out of business or else. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety and the keeper standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. <laughs> this calls for more than coffee and donuts this morning. Hallelujah. Now all we need is is this to get out around town about these holy rollers and we're going to have a bigger mess on our hands than we even thought we had. Hallelujah. How many of you are with me this morning? Huh? Praise God. You with me this morning? Some of us like to have revival. We could cause one. We could get so excited about it, we'd get down praying fast till we caused one. Hallelujah. Woo. Praise God. Now, when they heard this, <clears throat> woo. Uh, they said, hmm, we better not uh, talk about this much. We better kind of keep this shut down because uh, if we go letting this get out in the city, hmm, well, the 24th verse says it like it is, when the high priest, old Caiaphas, and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted the them whereunto they would grow. Boy, now we we don't believe. Hey, these are Sadducees. You can be seated. <clears throat> 
I'm going to preach this morning. These are Sadducees. And these Sadducees are like some of the spiritual rulers in our town. There is no such a thing as a miracle. There is nothing that's supernatural. And right back on it, huh? Now you mean to tell me that them prison doors were shut and all the guards were where they're supposed to be and them fellows aren't in there? How do you expect us to believe this? This is against our religion. <laughs> Some folk in this city amongst Dozens of churches in this town this morning don't care what goes on in here. They're not going to believe it because it's against their religion. But honey, whether it's against your religion or not, you're not big enough to stop God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And neither were these fellas. It don't make no difference if your belfry plays the golden hour or whatever it plays and soothes the conscience of all the sinners around about the bottom of the church. When God gets ready to move, he'll move whether you believe he can or not. Hallelujah. But I'm going to get down to us in a minute. God wants us to be a part of his moving hand. You don't find Peter and John and James not being a part of this. You find them heavily involved being the trouble that's causing this. Amen. Excuse me, and so it should be with us today, not just Peter and John and James, but with every apostolic that believes the true message. Amen. Get after it, Sister Sandra. See what the Lord do for you. He'll save more of you than you ever dreamed of. You know, we can sit around trying to perfect ourselves when we first get saved trying to be like some of these other folks and get ourselves in a mess but you can get out there and when you first get in the church and get to win and more souls to Jesus and be so happy and all of you growing up at the same time Amen. come on come on we can make this exciting and fun well, I said, boy yeah but you can get yourself in a lot of trouble with friends and things wait a minute I only have one friend. One real true friend. And he sticks closer than mother and brother and sister and father and husband and wife. That's my friend this morning. That is my friend this morning. If I don't offend a man because he's my friend, then maybe I will offend my true friend. He that sticketh closer than a brother. Hello? 
Hmm? Praise God. Now, here the same old bunch is going to throw these boys in prison. But they're down there in the temple. They said to him, hey, you know these fellows that you put in prison? They're down there in the temple where you, Caiaphas, have the responsibility of keeping them out of there. <laughs> How would you like to be Caiaphas? You know, some of you have never been in leadership position and you don't even know how fortunate you are. Somebody could be doing something right, but because it is traditionally wrong for the church, everybody's on the leader. You need to make him stop doing that. And the leader knows he's doing right, but he has a traditional responsibility to make him quit doing what's right. I don't know where to keep these glasses off or on. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Whew. I'm sure glad I didn't have for breakfast what some of you folks had this morning. If you'll come to church early next week, we got prayer meeting here, and we all go over and eat donuts and coffee, and them donuts make you sweet. You can smile of a morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Man, I've seen some folks just smile. I ain't seen smile since I got up here. Praise God. Hey, man. Hallelujah. Now, <clears throat> wouldn't you like to be old Caiaphas? Man, it's hard to fight against God. I know some young people that's got out of the church recently. And I'll bet they're finding themselves in one horrible struggle. It's hard to fight against God. They think they're fighting me. They think they're fighting with me. Hey, you remember one thing. If I'm standing up for God, they're not fighting me. Amen. And there's a lot of sinners out there that think they fight against us. And there's some preachers out there that think they're fighting me. And they don't have enough sense to know they're fighting the word. Right. Amen. 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 They're blinded. They're traditionally blinded. I'm going to show you a scripture before I get through this morning that them Jews are so blinded. I looked and read the Bible this morning. I said, my God, how stupid can people get? I traveled over to that country. You folks sent me over there. I seen them things with my own two eyes. I could feel the shivers run up and down my back, my back as I seen those things over there and realized how true the Word of God is. Those people today that's all upset because we are literally interpreting the Word of God, I don't blame them for being upset because the literal interpretation of God's Word will stop them people cold in their traditional religion that's taken them to hell's fire that is the literal word of God. And I read about these people in the Bible this morning. I don't, I'm going to bring it out to you in a few minutes. But you see, if we're not careful, we can walk in our traditions and, these, and shirk these things off. 
and Caiaphas is in trouble. They're back down there in the temple preaching again and he's in charge of the temple and there can't no miracles happen. And now I got a worse situation. These dumb clowns that I put in charge of the prison have let them out somehow. And by the time I get down there, they'll be telling everybody angels did it. You ought to try fighting against God. It is the most vexious, aggravating thing humanity can do is to fight against God. Amen. Amen. You're not going to win. You just might as well surrender your all to the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, there is a reason this morning. Now, let us look at the third chapter of Acts. In the third chapter of Acts. And I'm going to review some of the things we've already taught in the last few weeks. And then go into some things this morning. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple. Isn't that amazing? They went in there where they could cause trouble. At the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother womb was carried. Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple. Which is called beautiful. To ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive some. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood. Some folks said, We don't have no rights or no Bible to run in church. Hmm. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple walking. And when he got in the temple, he wasn't only walking, he was leaping and he was praising God. It's according to how much you've got inside of you, how you'll respond in church. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. There's some people who don't never read the Bible. In case you don't know it, David commanded us and worship was already established before the Holy Ghost was. And David commanded us to dance in the sanctuary. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. To play all the instruments in the sanctuary. Let me tell you something. Every Saturday night, this big beer joint over on 4th Street has hundreds of cars parked around it. I want you to know the devil stole the music out of the church. Bunches of them people over there learned to play in church and took it out there and using it to worship the devil. We're not going to take music out of the church because the devil stole some of them. We're going to glorify God more. Amen. 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 
Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, it causes a commotion. And some folks don't like commotion. Well, you got to learn to like commotion if you want to be a good apostolic. Amen. You've never been in street meetings. There gets to be a commotion out there. I've had them throw eggs at me. I've had them throw tomatoes at me. I've had them throw very insulting words at me. One night we was in a tent revival having a great time, Sister Elder. I don't know if you remember or not, honey. And just gobs of people. I don't know, over a hundred probably. We was really singing and praising God and bunches of them come out of the dark from somewheres and got in the street right beside the tent and started jitterbugging to our music. <laughs> the devil said, I'll shut you down. I'll show you how to worship. I'll take him, my devils and worship me. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he, he almost did. It caught us off balance. But we caught on to what was going on, and we just started worshiping God more than the devil. You will never have revival but what you won't cause a commotion and have opposition. I remember one of our preachers in uh, Africa said that they had about 10,000 in a tent one night. And some uh, of the witch doctor got hundreds of his people together and come up and begin to do witch doctor dances outside. They was worshiping the devil and doing all kind of things. And they was literally shutting the apostolic service down. Fear was falling upon the people. They, them people over there are afraid of witch doctors. You're not because you never seen what's happened. But if you was over there, you'd find out. Amen. Amen. They literally dance in the flame of fire. I've had uh, Brother Sism tell me how they, he has seen them dance in a bonfire with over flames leaping way up over their head and come out of there and not a hair singed on them. No burns of any kind. Amen. <clears throat> and... These kind of people were worshiping the devil and was shutting our service down. And uh, our preacher began to call upon God and say, Lord, what do you want us to do? And he said, tell the people to start calling upon my name. Praise God. And he stepped to the podium and he said, the Lord said for us to just start saying, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And that bunch in the church got to chanting, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And I want you to know, it busted that witch doctor's bunch up and over a thousand received the baptism of the Holy Ghost that night. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I love what old brother Eichert said one day. Them witch doctors got out there and stole his congregation away from his boys. And they was playing their voodoo drums, you know, and stole all the congregation away from his boys. And his boys, he told them, keep beating on them drums. <laughs> Five, six of his boys. <laughs> he told them, keep beating on them drums. Now, I don't know how I'd handle you folks like this, but uh, it works over there. Hallelujah. And he told them, said, keep beating on them drums. And he, he had them boys 
boys beating on them drums for five or six hours. That'd wear me out. And he told them boys, kept beating on them drums. And them boys, they's kind of getting discouraged themselves. The witch doctors is doing everything. And he, he waited till he seen his boys getting discouraged. And he walked over and said, keep beating on them drums. Said that witch doctor's about to run out of tricks. And sure enough, the old witch doctor, he'd done all the jigs and everything he could do. And uh, couldn't do no more. And hitting them boys were still beating on the drum. Here come the people back. <laughs> Hallelujah. They took them off down the church and prayed bunches of them through them. Baptized them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Now, you see, here is a notable miracle done. And they go into the temple. And these people that don't believe in healing. Don't believe God works today. And the, the only way that you can get healing today is God working through the hands of a psychiatrist. The only way you can get healing today is God working through some doctor. The only way you can get healing today is God has to use some professional. Why, there's churches preaching that now. So you believe you go to a doctor, you go to hell, brother? No. I believe if you go to a doctor, you probably go to surgery. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, if you don't go to surgery, you'll sure enough go to hillbilly's heaven. You'll... Uh, Get some of those drugs that keep you walking three or four feet ahead of yourself, Brother Tom. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I, I tell you what, I, I, I've been sick enough in my life, I'm just not crazy about the treatment. I like the cure. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I like the cure. I'm not crazy about the treatment. And any doctor that's not an anti-God doctor and is in his right mind and honest would tell you we treat God heals. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. This is not popular preaching in this late midnight hour, but it is still the truth and a fact. I heard all them psychiatrists are talking last night and carrying on, and I looked at my wife and I said, you know what bothers me more than them? She said, what's that? I said, sometimes us preachers get together and you hear the wives of preachers talking about like them folks. I'm on this and this and this my bottle and this is to make my brain do this and this to make my brain do the other and this to make my feet do this and this to make my hand do that. Some of you looking at me like you don't like what I'm doing this morning, but I'm sorry about what you don't like. After church is over, if you don't mind, I'll take you out for a sweet bottle of Pepsi. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. If that's not sweet enough, we'll get pour some honey in it or something. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And if you don't like Pepsi, we'll buy you a Coke or something to sweeten you up. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Boy, you want to see people get mad today just get in their pill closet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Brother Elder, don't you ever take pills when I have to, and I mean when I have to. And I do a lot of praying before I have to. Amen. Now, God, you know you don't want me walking around looking like this. I can't pastor people, God, looking like this and acting goofy. And I'm sorry, I can't hear what you're saying. Would you say it again? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I believe God wants his prophets well and whole. Amen. With a sound mind. With a heavenly vision. Teaching the people faith. And their God is still God above all the gods. Amen. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. But you are going to make people mad. Now, when we start out the fourth chapter, we get into even worse things. They beat old Ocaphus and Ananias, they got Peter and John and give them a good whipping and told them, don't do that stuff no more. Don't, don't preach in Jesus' name no more. And if you do, we're going to stick you in prison. We're going to do you worse. That'd be enough to make some folks stop. I tell you one thing, I always said, and they throw me in jail, they're going to be sorry. Brother Grubbs, You'll be more embarrassed down there, and you know what to do with because your pastor is going to put on a show down there. I mean, they'll have to put me in one of those little boxes because I'm going to preach through them bars at who's ever there in the way. And then when they get me in that little box, I'm going to pray till I cause so much Holy Ghost to come down that the guy that's feeding me gets a little shook up. Amen. You cannot stop what I'm talking about this morning. You can't put it out till you kill the man. And like Paul said, that don't stop it. That's just a shortcut. <laughs> you know what Paul said? For me to live is Christ. I'm going to preach some more. You ready? I'm going to preach again. But he said, if you cut my head off, he said, it's gain. <laughs> Woo. I done fought the fight and I done won this battle. Hallelujah. It's just shortcut. It's just shortcut. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How much are you sold out to the risen Savior today? Praise God. Come on. 
Hallelujah. Now, now, you know, when we start the fifth chapter, the devil said, well, I didn't get them. I thought I had them. They went down there in that temple, and he said, I thought I had them. And, and he said, they got out of that one. So he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just get in the church. I'll tell some of his saints to start lying and spreading a bunch of lies in church. Well, yeah, it works today, but it didn't work too good then. Oh, Ananias and Sapphira dropped dead over it. It don't work too good today either. Most folks that start that stuff backslide. And if you don't want to be drug out of church with a liar, you better not listen to their stories. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. How many of you ever got involved with the liar and later regretted it? Hmm? Well, you haven't lived very long if you haven't. I learned that by the time I was seven years old. You know, this guy talks me into doing this stuff, and we go down there and do it, and we get caught and say, all right, who, who, who thought this up? He says, well, he did, he did, he did. Oh, no, I didn't. That was your idea. Come on. Same old stuff goes on amongst adults today. Some folks never grow up. Hello. They can't never tell when they're being lied to and when they're being told the truth. You get in the Holy Ghost, you'd know the difference. Hello. Hello. Come on. I'm not going to follow every little wind of thing. Oh, Ananias and Sapphira, they come in there. And they's going to, oh, yeah, we sold the property for this much. Oh, yeah. And they didn't. They sold it for more. And what was horrible about it is they didn't even have to give it to the church. There was no law that said they had to. They could have walked right in and said, we sold it for this much, but we want to give you this much, Brother Peter. And he would have been saying, all right, praise God. But instead of doing it, they wanted to be like some folks that gave all. They wanted to act like they gave all, but they hadn't gave all. You see, the devil, if he cannot raise Cain in the church, hell attacks the church. But when hell attacks the church, he can attack from within or without. When tradition attacks a church, it attacks from without. Amen. But when hell attacks a church, it can come from either way, within or without. Amen. Hallelujah. But I want you to know something. Peter is a dynamic, an apostle full of the Holy Ghost. Now, somebody says, well, uh, how do we get there? I'm going to give you the answer to that right now. In St. John, the third chapter, 
Jesus was, uh, St. John, the fourth chapter, Jesus was uh, wanting to change somebody's life that day. I just wonder how many of you believe the Lord wants to change somebody's life today. And he was wanting to change somebody's life that day. And so <clears throat> he took off to find, now when the Lord goes to save somebody, he normally will go downtown and get a hold of the mayor or go up to the hospital and get the doctors or walk up and down Main Street and get the lawyers out of their offices. How many of you have ever noticed that Jesus kind of spitefully and yet nicely and yet truthfully and factually and all those kind of things slapped it on them boys' hides one day and said, uh, the sick don't have any need of a physician. I mean, the sick are the only ones that have a need for the physician. The well don't need a physician. Now, what he was simply saying to this um, aristocratic, superfluity bunch was, you don't believe you're sick, and you don't believe I could help you, so why fool with you? He's saying it was them that know they're sick that I can help. And so he heads off where he's not even supposed to go down in Samaria. The bottom of his shoes is not even supposed to touch the soil of Samaria because that is supposed to make him filthy since he's a Jew. Contaminate him. But he knows that there's a woman over there that is nothing other than a plain old harlot. But you see, God looks farther than the skin. God seen down in her heart she didn't like being a harlot. That she'd really like to escape that kind of life. Amen. And so he goes down there to the well. He knows she's coming to ply her trade because she has been plying her trade there at that well for years. And he's standing there at the well, and he says to her, <clears throat> give me some water. My wife has been at that very well. I watched my wife pull the rope, 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 trying to get that little bucket up out of there, and I was beginning to wonder if she's going to pass out because that's how deep the well is. And finally... She just happened to be the lady of our bunch standing by the well that the tourist guide said, ma'am, would you pull the rope and draw the water? And uh, my wife got to be the one that drawed the water at that well I'm preaching about right now. And, uh, and the woman looked at Jesus and said, well, uh, how do you expect me to give you something to drink? There's nothing here to draw with. This is Jacob's well, bud. Ain't you ever heard about Jacob's well? It's the deepest well around this part of the country. But Jesus didn't come there to get a drink anyhow. He came there to give a drink. Hallelujah. And Jesus looked at her. <clears throat> you see, before you can get saved, you have to repent. 
There's a lot of folks getting saved today that don't repent. But they're not getting saved either. And he said to her, uh, oh, how's come you come down here this time of day with nothing to draw with? <laughs> and uh, he began to talk to her about water. Them Jews are some surprising people. You get excited about a camel that don't need water. I am never figured them Jews out. They need one drink to my every 40. And when you go over there, honey, if you want a glass of ice cold water, forget it. They don't drink ice cold water as hot as it is over there. You know why? It's not good for you. It'll kill you. But they will give you a glass of what they call cool water. That's cool enough to make the glass sweat a little bit. Probably like that well water. That to them is cold water. And that woman, I'm sure, she had drank out of that well many times, and she's not excited about that water. Hallelujah. But Jesus said to her, I will give thee living water. Living water does not attract us too much. But let me tell you something about living water. Living water is moving water. Is water that never stands still. Anytime water begins to stand still, it immediately becomes stagnant water. Anytime water begins to stand still, it stops from a living condition to a stagnant condition. Woo. Hello? How many of you are still with me? And Jesus said, I will give unto thee living water water that continuously moves you continually brings new life into you continually renews and revitalizes you how many of you want that water in your life this morning that continually renews and revitalizes you Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, <clears throat> I want to say some more things about this before I get through. You can take a river and dam it up. How many of you ever been down to Canopolis Lake? There's a huge dam across that lake. <clears throat> But in that dam, 
they built an outlet. And they have a measurement out there in front of that dam that tells them at that certain measurement they have to start letting water out of the lake because that river does not know that that dam is supposed to stop it. And so it keeps hurling its force at that dam. If man did not engineer that dam so that they could release that water, that river would smile at that dam and keep throwing its force at that dam until pretty soon that dam would explode and that river would keep right on flowing. And what I'm saying to you is Jesus said, I'm going to put living water in you, ma'am. I want you to know that tradition of time will not be able to stop this. I want you to know the courts downtown will not be able to stop this. I want you to know your relatives will not be able to stop this. I want you to know your bosses on your jobs will not be able to stop this water. I want you to know the traditional churches of your cities will not be able to stop this water. I am going to put a flow within you. Jesus got so excited about this that he stood up and cried in the seventh chapter of the same book. Uh, the 37th verse, he stood up in the midst of these people and he cried, if any man thirst, is there somebody here? Your soul is thirsting. You want something that will satisfy you where you won't thirst anymore. I look at some folks this morning who look at me while I'm preaching who have received the Holy Ghost as though you're in disgust with me. I tried this and it didn't work for me that way. Your problem is you have not been back to the supplier. Hallelujah. You've not been back to the supplier. There's nothing wrong with the preacher. There's nothing wrong with the church. There's nothing wrong with you. You just don't go where you get that living water and I can't pray through for you you got to pray through for yourself sure the devil's throwed things at your home sure the devil's throwed things at you through the preaching sure the devil's throwed all kind of things to you but let me ask you something are you man enough are you woman enough to pray through to the source that supplies your every need and not only are you able to pray through to the sort that supplies your every need but are you able to pray through to such an abundant excess that it spills out of you that your belly becomes a river of flowing water it will not only stop in you but it is living water it will flow on something else and cause something else that's dead to come to life Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can try your dumb old psychology out. Let me tell you something about your dumb old psychology. Babylon had the psychologists thousands of years ago before we started this stuff today. 
Folks don't even pay any attention to the first chapter of Daniel. Why don't you pay, why don't you read the first chapter of Daniel and pay special attention to it? But there was four Hebrew boys that said, oh no. In our Hebrew schools, we, we studied all this junk. We know it don't work. We're going to stay true to our God. And do you know by staying true to their God, by the wisdom and the spirit and the power of God, they passed up every astrologer and soothsayer and everything else that was in the king's house. All the studiers of science. Science is learning about the earth. But, when you are on fire for God, you're in contact with he that knows all about all of his creation. You can overcome by jumping to the top. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what if little star does twinkle, twinkle? Why not knowing the star of the stars? The one that throwed them. Whether you don't know it or not, star simply means strewn. By the hand of God, the man said he threw them into place. He threw the stars out there by his hand as though you would take a handful of dust and throw it across that parking lot. My God, I'd rather be in contact with him than all the stars of the heavens. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Woo. Jesus said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as Billy Graham has said. He that hath believed upon me, as Brother Jimmy Stewart has said. He that believeth upon me, like. Oh, I ain't going to pick on you. Just sit still and take it easy. Hallelujah. What did it say? How do you get saved? No wonder they don't like the literal interpretation today. But that's what's going to save you anyhow. As the scripture has said. He that believeth upon me. As the scripture. Has said. Praise God. Some of you young saints are beautiful. I talked to. Uh, uh, one of our young boys. That uh, recently got stuck under a new pastor. That is post millennial. And he was brought into the church under a pastor that's pre-millennial. And he seen me over in the hallway the other day and he said, Brother Elder, he said, I know this is old stuff to you and you know all the scriptures and stuff. But he said it was a traumatic experience for me. I said, it's a traumatic experience for any of us no matter how long we've been in this thing. I don't believe I'm going through the great tribulation. And I don't believe my salvation is the Antichrist. He didn't tell me to look for Antichrist. He told me to look for Jesus Christ. He was my deliverer. Hallelujah. 
I want you to know if you'll study the scriptures, it'll deliver you. It'll bring you salvation. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. The devil's going to throw things at you, Brother Horn. Going to throw about a dozen of them at you at a time. That way he can snowball you. Amen. Boy, he throwed the pile of them at me this week. Hallelujah. I mean, I got me a snowball to melt this week. Hallelujah. Praise God. But I'm going to turn the blowtorch of heaven on that snowball, and we're going to see what hell's going to do. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't believe the devil's nothing but a little old. You ought to study over there in the book of Isaiah. I don't have time to do all this morning, but I'll just throw this into you. You ought to study over there in the book of Isaiah. When the folks that go to hell and, and are down there with the devil and get cast into hell with the devil, when they see what the devil looked like, they are so embarrassed, they are so ashamed that in the book of Isaiah they say, you mean this is he? This is the thing that deceived the world. Yeah, it's right in your Bible. Amen. Amen. Ha. If we get our eyes off our problems and we get loaded with the Holy Ghost. You see, Peter, he said, I don't have time to fool with you women arguing about everything. I got to pray and I got to fast because these Sadducees are determined to kill me and to stop me from preaching this glorious gospel. And not only that, some of these saints are so ungodly, they come up here in front of everybody and try to lie about situations. And then as soon as I get that off my back, he said, I've got these Sadducees back on my back trying to tell me that I can't preach about what God has put in me but he said I am full of God I will not obey man I'd rather die I'm going to obey God rather than men and buddy like a river he keeps throwing it at the dam 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 Brother Caiaphas don't even want to go down and face the dude anymore. I wonder how many of it got charge of your situation. You know what Jesus said? He said, let this mountain get you down. Oh no, modern Pentecost doesn't say speak to it. Modern Pentecost says, let this mountain get you down. You look around at some folks in Pentecost and you say, man, it don't seem like it makes any difference what happens to church. They just keep right on sailing. You know why? Some folks in church have found out it's not what happened to brother and sister so-and-so or so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. It's this walk I've got with God. Hallelujah. It's this walk I have with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And when the clouds get dark, hallelujah, I found out where the sunshine is. <laughs> Woo! 
praise God. And when the devil begins to turn on hell, I just cry for more power from heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. More power from heaven. More power from heaven. More power from heaven. More power from heaven. Oh, but it's a big situation, Brother Elder. More power from heaven. More power. I'm not getting it, okay? I'll go into fasting. I'll go into supplication. More power. More power. In the name of Jesus. More power. We're going to give it to the devil till we kick him in. Hallelujah. Peter didn't run over there in a bushes somewhere and say, Oh my God, the devil's working against us. Hello? If the devil wasn't working against me, I'd get up and find out what's wrong. If he's not working against me, who in the world in this town is he going to work against? I told somebody the other day I'm getting so popular down at the police station that I wouldn't in, I wouldn't be a bit surprised pretty soon to invite me to go to dinner with them. We're even getting to where we run up and down the hallways like buddies and chums. Yeah, some of them don't know whether to call me Pastor, Reverend, or Carl. I just take all three of them in stride. Hallelujah, praise God, amen. Hallelujah. I'm tell you something, church. You might as well get happy and start getting excited. The Lord's fighting for this church. There is no hard thing come upon you, but he said, well, he wouldn't bring us deliverance. And I'm going to tell you, we're coming out on top of this thing. It's just another little valley, and I'll go through it when I pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I said, just now the little valley and I'm coming through it, especially when I pray. Woo! My God, I feel like shouting all over this platform up here now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I think the devil's even mad because I'm preaching on the book of Acts, so I'm going to preach some more. How many of you would like to know the truth that went on inside of me this morning? I got up this morning. I even told some of them. I said, man, there's everybody in this town, so despair, so gloom. Houses falling in. Ain't got no job. In trouble with people. <laughs> Everybody in town. My God. Laying me off over here. Oh my God. It scares me to death they might lay off on my job. Everybody I talk to just makes me so happy. Whew. 
Yeah, you really make me happy. Praise God. Especially when you get ring-a-ding together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I get to thinking, praise God. So I got up this morning. I was about like some of you folks. I walked to the bathroom. My stupid legs all joined again, so I was going to the bathroom like this. Praise God. And uh, I said, oh, I don't know. If I'm going to preach on the book of Acts today or not. So uh, I got a good habit. When I go to the bathroom, I read the Bible. It's better than just wasting your time. <clears throat> so I got my Bible out and I flipped it open and I started reading. And lo and behold, if that Bible didn't open up, and I started reading. I thought, well, where am I reading at? This sounds like what I've been preaching on. And I looked down, and it was the fifth chapter of Acts. And I read one verse that got me turned on for this morning. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we'd learn to lean on that everlasting arm? If we just learn to walk in the Spirit, hallelujah. My God, what could we do for Him? If God's not going to fight our battle, who is? Now, I want to show you some things for quit. And I am going to quit. Somewhere between now and 1 o'clock. Praise God. Just check some of you folks out see how saved you are. <clears throat> I can always tell the ones that like preaching the ones that don't. And I say that. Some of them go like this. Some go. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. <clears throat> now listen to what he said. Let's just keep reading here. I told you well, God's going to tell you this. He that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. He was speaking about the Holy Ghost. You know what we need to run in? The Holy Ghost. Some of us need to come to the altar and say, Fill her up, God, I'm empty. Hello? I said we need to come to the altar and just fall down and say, Fill her up, God, I'm empty. Amen? Amen. Amen. Woo. I wrestled last night. 
I don't know how many of you see me over in that corner praying. I finally got through. Hallelujah. And I had a wrestling match. And I said, well, God, <laughs> I haven't wrestled like this. And I don't remember in years in praying, but I'm willing to wrestle. There's only one thing I want to know when I come out of this wrestling match. I want you to change my name like you did Jacob. I want you to make my name a prince with God. Hallelujah. Amen. You know what? Some of us won't wrestle. Oh, we'll take it if God wants to give it to us. Last night I wanted it so bad I was like a snake on the floor down there. Hallelujah! Wrestle. We all wrestle. Wrestle. How many of you remember the night you got the Holy Ghost? Did you wrestle? Did you seek? Did you cry out? One fellow was hollering in this ear. Set, yield, surrender, give in. And the other guy was hollering in this ear, give up, give up. You didn't know what to do, but you were struggling. You was trying. You was doing everything. Till finally the Holy Ghost was coming on you. Hey, you know what? You need to do it again. You need to park up at the altar and say, I'm empty. I need to be filled up. This pay key, this pay key of the Holy Ghost. I, I want to show you something here. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this, said, of a truth, this is the prophet. This is Messiah. This is him. We don't need to look anymore. But you've always got unbelievers, and you've always got plain old people that are not going to yield their spirit to God for no measure. And if you're not careful, then people will turn you away after you have found living waters. Now listen to these dingbats. These are people born in Israel. These are Jews. The Bible said that the Lord blinded them on purpose why that you and I might be saved if he hadn't blinded them you and I wouldn't have got in this thing he blinded them so you and I could be saved but can you imagine how great was that blindness you won't imagine how great that blindness is listen to this Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, oh, yeah, this is a prophet. But others said, this is the Christ. But some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? Galilee? Down there in the poor section of town? Fishermen? You would think that Christ would have at least the decency to come from Jerusalem where us eloquent people rule. Would Christ come from Galilee? Now if we stop there, we could evermore scratch our heads and wonder 
about this statement. But the next verse literally blows the hair off my head. Listen to this. Hath not the scripture said that Christ cometh out of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? You mean these dumb Jews who know the scriptures, who knows that this man was born wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger in the city of Bethlehem. They know that about this man, but they are so stupid that in 30 years, they forgot where he came from and they only see a man from Galilee? I'm telling you this morning, if you're looking for a reason not to have this living water, don't try too hard. You're not going to get it anyhow because Jesus cried out, if any man thirst. You watch the saints in this church. You watch them when the devil puts the pressure on them and they don't know where to run. They don't even know if they're running to the pastor would help. And they even some get into a place where they say running to him won't help. But you watch them when the devil puts enough pressure on, they'll run to the rock and they'll fall on the rock and they'll be broken. That's what some of us need today is to fall on the rock and be broken. And they fall on that rock and they're broken. Hallelujah. They find out where that source comes from. Hallelujah. It is because they have remembered he was born in Bethlehem. He was. Amen. They're not dumb enough uh, to look at this situation. Hallelujah. They know that he's speaking of the Spirit. Honey, I'm going to tell you, tradition will kill you. Tradition will kill you. I want you to know friends and relatives will kill you. I want you to know situations will stymie me. The flow of the Holy Ghost in you. You're going to have to run to the rock. Fall on that rock and be broken to pieces. And say not my will but thy will be done. Use me Lord. Renew me Lord. Create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Oh, our spirits get wrong. I said our spirits get wrong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, look over in Romans, the 8th chapter. Romans, the 8th chapter. Good old Romans. They're good for something anyhow. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know they say the hour is not dark. I heard long distance on the phone this morning that the Catholic churches are closing up their Christian schools because of the attack of the government upon them. Think of that. Think of that. Who are we to think we shall escape? 
God told me when I started this school six, seven years ago, he said, it is your last escape route. Hallelujah. And we feel the pressure of this end time. But I'm going to tell you one thing. I've got the power to stand up against it until I hear the horn blow. Hallelujah. 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 Romans the 8th chapter. Now hear this. In the ninth verse. But ye are not in the flesh. But in the spirit. If so be. If so be. You notice he put that little word if in there. But it's a powerful word. If so be that the spirit of God. Dwells upon your mother. Dwells upon your wife. Huh? Where? Where's it going to dwell? In you. In you. If so be the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's saved anyhow. It's no wonder some folks don't like the literal interpretation of the Bible. Somebody said, you judging me, Brother Elder. Mm -mm. I'm reading the Bible. And Jesus got accused of the same things. He said, it's not I that judges you, it's the Word. And he said, the Word is spirit and life. Hallelujah. Praise God. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. How many of you want to keep it in there? Because what, 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 what? That's what's going to cause you come up out of the ground. Woo! That's what's going to cause you to flow through the air. Look at that 14th verse. For as many as are led by some spirit. Man, if you read this Bible like some folks want you to read today, you'd read this. For as many as are led by some spirit, they are the sons of God. But that's not what it said. It said, for as many as are led by the spirit of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God. You know when some folks get to be in what God wants them to be, other folks will get mad at them. Because they don't have no control over them anymore. I know one preacher that got mad because his saints would get to worshiping too much. So he'd make them shut up and sit down. That's the only way he could control them. Because he was not spiritual himself. And so <clears throat> he... Uh, if it got too spiritual, he didn't know what to do with it. He asked me one time what to do. I said, why don't you get down and pray until you're as spiritual as they are. Then you'll know how to take care of it. Amen. Wasn't a popular answer, but it was a truth. Praise God. Of course, I'm not too hefty at being popular. <clears throat> I figured out a few years ago I just wasn't going to make the grade, so I might as well just be plain old truthful. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Now, St. John, the first chapter. Don't worry, I'm going to close in the next 25 minutes anyhow. Praise God. Some of you have had a nap. Now you ought to be able to hear the rest of the service. Praise God. Hallelujah. In St. John, the first chapter, in the 11th verse, he said he came to his own, and his own received him not. I like the 10th verse. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knows him. Some of you want to be popular with the world and popular with Jesus Christ. Can you tell me how? When the world doesn't know him, if you're going to be popular with Christ, you can't be popular with them because they don't know him and they don't want his type of government over their lives. So if you want popularity with the world, you have to forfeit Christ. The world don't know him. Amen. Amen. Now, but he goes on to say, the twelfth verse, but as many as receive him. Some of us are going to force these kids in these Christian schools to live for God. And we have already learned you won't. There are some kids in this church that have made up their mind just as soon as they can they're getting out of here. And they done prove to us they will. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going after the kids in the world. I looked at Brother Cornwell's church the other night. It blew my mind. I'm going after the kids in the world that's already been out there. They don't want no more of it. They've had enough of it. Sister Sharon, Brother Wayne, I look at you too. I get thrilled every time I see you two kids. There's two kids that come out of the world that don't want no more of it. They've had enough of it. Amen. My son-in-law amazes me how zealous he lives for God. Kids raised up in the church. So what? I made up my mind this year I'm going after a bunch of kids to get saved out of the world. Amen. I'll set this church on fire one way or the other by the help of God. And I'm going to tell you something. The ones that's looking for an out will find out. And the ones that's looking for an in will get in. Jesus said in the last days there's going to be a great shaking. And he said that many would fall. But he also said it shall not be light nor dark. It means then it's going to be a funny day. And that's the day we're living in. I walked out this morning. Snow all over the place. We got a number one January day on our, our hands out there. 
And I looked at the boy walking with me across the lot. And I said, the word of God said that in the last days, the seasons would be out of their times. And the earth would be staggering like a drunken woman. Son, let me tell you folks, you have more signs this morning to draw close to God than any generation that's ever lived. Amen. Amen. And yet he said, but as many as would receive him. I'm going to tell you this morning, this is something that you fall in love with. My God will not force you to live for him. My God will not make you live for him. And somehow parents and, and school staff, we've got to entice the children to want to live for God. Not by force, but by love. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's not just a can do, can't do situation. You can create an atmosphere where they want to. When I go fishing, I make the fish want to bite. I say, oh, you don't want a red one, huh? Okay, I'll send you a yellow one. Yeah, there's an old fisherman out there. She knows what I'm talking about. You know, I throw, I throw a live minnow out there wiggling around. He looks like he's trying to get away, but his back's broken and he's not working too good. And that just easy lunch. But sometimes fish don't want minnows. They want something stinks. So you take and get some of that stuff and put it on a hook and keep it away from you. And when you sling it, it hits you in the pants anyhow. <clears throat> what are you saying? I am enticing that fish to do what I want it to do. I looked over there the other day. They got gadgets now. And this gadget tells you by the conditions of the water and the condition of the day what color to use on the fish now. I bought me a little gadget the other day that rides on my boat that constantly beeps out the bottom. And then when I hit a school of fish, it just goes all kind of things. It says right down there at 20 feet. And I was looking at one in Sears the other night. And you push this little thing. You know, they say fishing now is getting to be very technical. I believe it. <laughs> Got this fishing computer. And you push the day and the time and the conditions and this and that. And, and you push the button and it tells you everything to do to catch it. <laughs> Whatever happened to good old fishing worms? Hallelujah. Yeah. I was sad when they took the cane pole away, but now they're taking everything away. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
enticing. Yeah. Fishing's hard work. You ask my wife. She'll tell you. When I come in from fishing, I don't want to go to the mall. I don't want to go shopping. I don't want to go out and eat. What do you want to do? I want to go to bed. Hard work. Hard work. Yeah, I'll probably be over to get my little nephew to go fishing with me this spring. You know why? Because I need somebody to help me wrestle the boat. It's hard work. Hallelujah. It's hard work. But Jesus said, as many as received him, as many as received him, will you receive him to them? And I'm going to tell you something. Receiving him does not stop after you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can stop right there. You say, well, now I'm a member of the church. God didn't save us to sit on a pew. He saved us that we might be a continuous flow of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You hear what I say this morning. He wants us to be used. He wants us to go tell somebody. There should be something beating within our bosoms. I got to tell somebody. I wish our young people, we got enough of them upstairs anymore. I wish our young people would put on that play for, for Easter Day for us. Got to tell somebody. I got to tell somebody. Woo! How many of you feel like I just got to tell somebody? I got to tell somebody of this goodness. Of this power that's working within us. I stand this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I don't feel that conviction this morning here like I did the last two Sunday mornings. I wished I did. Hallelujah. Amen. I wished I did. Oh, God. Jesus said some seed fell by the wayside. There's times, preacher, when you're going to preach, but the seed will not go in good ground. It'll fall by the wayside. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.